0: Now, it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Rabbi Sarah Berman, who, in addition to her role as a rabbi, is a board-certified chaplain, is a certified instructor in mental health first aid, and is now manager of spiritual care at Providence Tarzana Medical Center. Today, Rabbi Sarah joins us to share with us the book that she's written, From Sorrow to Strength, My Journey with Depression. Rabbi Sarah Berman, good morning and many thanks for being with us this morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: I am very grateful that you are with us this morning here in this month of December when we're celebrating so many holidays and we're thinking about gifts and gifting and uh, that sort of idea, I feel that you are a gift to us this morning and your book is an additional gift that is uh, going to be a wonderful means of education and support for, I'm going to guess, that really if not all, certainly the majority of us. So many thanks for being so open and honest and vulnerable in in writing From Sorrow to Strength, My Journey with Depression. Thank you. Was that a difficult experience, a difficult thing for you to do, to write about your experiences?
1: It was hard because it's very personal And to make it public, I wasn't sure how it would affect me, either career-wise or personally. But I also felt it was important because there's such a stigma around mental illness. And I realized I had the opportunity to share my story when many others can't share theirs. So it was difficult to write, but once I started the process and I kind of before actually writing the book I started by sharing with small groups of people and then larger groups of people and as people seemed to appreciate what I was sharing I realized it was time to become public about it and it has been a close to
0: a year, I guess, since the book was published, so you've had an opportunity to get some response. So do you feel that, yes, indeed, this was an important thing to do, and you are, let's say, glad that you did so?
1: Yes, I've gotten only positive response, and people have reached out to me who themselves have suffered from depression or have family members, suffer from depression. So it's been kind of a forum to then speak to people on a deeper level. So it's definitely been a positive experience in that way.
0: And that's certainly an important and very large part of this, isn't it, Rabbi Sarah, to have these conversations, to really be engaged in it because of what you said earlier about it. there being a stigma around mental illness. We really need to just crash that barrier down.
1: Yes, usually in the media when we hear about mental illness, it's either after a mass shooting. And in reality, people with mental illness are much more likely to be hurt by violence than to cause violence. But that's when we hear about it. Um, or when a celebrity dies by suicide. But other than that, it's something that's kind of not talked about and kept secret.
0: And, of course, secrets are, are this great enemy because being a secret makes it seem like it's something p- quite potentially negative, and the reality is mental illness uh It's not, of course, a great thing to have, but it is an illness just
1: as one would have cancer
0: or one might have diabetes.
1: Exactly. I appreciate you saying that because that's exactly my focus and goal is for people to realize that and people to get the help they would need when they're struggling with a mental health crisis, just as they would if they were struggling with a physical crisis. So do you feel that we are
0: making any kind of headway or is this why there's this important book from sorrow to strength because we need to just keep ramping it up in order to have these conversations?
1: I think the conversation is beginning to open more in communities. It it probably depends where you are. I mean, in, I'm in Los Angeles and synagogues are now starting to talk about it and have workshops on it. Um, I do see there's billboards around the LA area a lot talking about opening up about mental illness and suicide prevention, which is something I would not have seen a year ago. So I do definitely think that the conversation is starting, but we still have a lot of far way to go.
0: And considering the statistics, I mean, tell us, they, the numbers are so high that it seems really, I'm going to say ridiculous, that we want to ignore this and and not do something constructive and, and proactive about it.
1: So statistically, about one in five uh, adults will have a mental illness any given year. One in four adults during their lifetime would have suffered from a mental illness. So... It's really, um, in any community, it's going to affect every individual in some way, whether it's them or a family member or a close friend or a coworker. The thing is, we don't know those statistics because people don't share it. And the other statistic is suicide, which 90% of those who die by suicide do have a mental health issue. And that's about 123 people per day in the United States who die by suicide.
0: And that number, that is astronomical. There are so many other incidents. You know, we, th- we think of terrorism, for example, and we're, we're outraged. And yet we hear this number with suicide. That's, that's a type of terrorism, isn't it?
1: D- definitely. It's a major crisis in this country. And so if,
0: you know, we have suicide
1: hotlines and crisis
0: lines, and, and those do help to a degree, don't they?
1: They do. I think that anybody reaching out or, or giving resources can make a big difference. It doesn't help 100% of the time, but it, it does significantly help somebody to maybe pause for a minute before they do take their own life. So knowing how to approach somebody, knowing how to ask somebody, um, knowing how to get somebody resources can be really, really beneficial.
0: And what it seems to come down to, there's there are so many negative actions in our society, uh, these kinds of attacks, I, I think of bullying, that seem to instigate some of the action or a, a person, particularly young people, and it's just heart-wrenching to think of how young and age some of these people, persons are, when they attempt or are successful at suicide. So really being able to educate and learning to to listen to what's going on is pretty critical isn't it?
1: Yes I actually um, am a certified mental health first aid instructor so that's something that I try to bring to communities which is a course on how to help somebody in a mental health crisis and um, having those courses around the country which they do have is is really beneficial for communities to, to bring in somebody to train people. And so in
0: your experience, both personally and then working with people, because that is your work as well, uh, and, and it's beautiful because you share this in your book, From Sorrow to Strength, people do say that there are certain things that they do need from those around them when they are dealing with depression which can sometimes lead to suicide but just even depression on its own which can be so deeply penetrating.
1: Right. What has been helpful for me? Yes. So I think for me having people who reached out and just said I'm there for you not necessarily needing me to talk about it because sometimes one of the symptoms of depression is isolation and withdrawal from community. And so it might have been hard for me to actually go out and talk to my friends, even though they would invite me, but at least to know that they're there and to not give up on me because some you may have a friend who has depression and you call and they never want to go out. So then you give up. But if you just know that okay, well, you're not ready yet. I'll call you back in a week and I'll check. And I think that was really helpful because as I was feeling better, I knew that there was somebody I could reach out to and um, have coffee, talk, just be there as a friend. So I think that was really important to, to me um, was just understanding that I couldn't help how I was feeling just as I couldn't help if I had a heart disease or anything else, and to just be there for me. And
0: I think that you were also saying, as you share your story, to be sincere about that. Don't say you'll be there and then just somehow disappear off the face of the earth.
1: Yes, that happened with a few people who said they'd be there and then they weren't. And now, looking back on it, I recognize that they probably just didn't know how But at the time, it felt very hurtful that people who said they'd be there for me couldn't be there for me. So there's a sense of vulnerability people already feel when they're depressed. And so part of
0: it, a really large part of this, I feel, is education. Uh, You know, maybe part of it is just look at depression as uh, side-by-side with cancer how would we treat a person with cancer? Do the same with depression, right?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think that if it's recognized as an illness and not a weakness or a lack of faith, which is sometimes how people see depression, then people are more likely to reach out for help and get the help they need. And it it is like a physical illness, for example, like cancer, but and it can be just a disability. Disabling as many other illnesses, but there's also important to recognize that there is hope. And not everybody who has a mental illness has it for a lifetime. It's not always chronic. It could be a one time event and you are over it and then you don't have it happen again, or it could be chronic. And when it's
0: chronic, I I think the wonderful thing is that there are medications that can be certainly beneficial.
1: Definitely. And medication has been very helpful for me. Um, and I think, and also with medication, it does change a lot. Your body will change and so it might work for a couple of years and then not. So it's very important to take the medication, but also be seeing your doctor in case there's new medications that come up or it doesn't seem to be working as well, but medications can help. Um, sometimes people have chronic. So for example, for me, I have chronic depression but it's more recurrent so I'll go into remission and I'll be fine for a long period of time and then it will come back and I just have to be aware of the signs that it's coming back so I can do something before it gets really bad.
0: So there are a couple of prongs here that I think of in terms of directions with medication and you mentioned you know seeing your doctor regularly so Here's a big issue in our society with our medical system is how we regard mental health, mental illness, and really providing sufficient benefits for it.
1: That's true. That's a really big problem is benefits for therapists and medication and mental health isn't always, it's on a different plan than the other than your regular benefits and sometimes it's good coverage, sometimes it's not. When it comes to general medication, you can see your primary. A lot of people, their first stop who know that they have depression is actually their primary doctor, so you don't always need to go to a specialist for the medication. Um, but I also recommend therapy in addition to medication and that's that's a different issue where sometimes insurance doesn't always cover.
0: Exactly. And isn't that just really appalling?
1: Yes. it's. I mean, fortunately, there are some services in some communities that people can pay on a sliding scale or they can go to the community hospital. But definitely, it seems that it is such a crisis and it does lead to a lot of loss of work and loss of wages and loss of productivity, and yet it's not treated the same way as other illnesses.
0: And I think cancer is one of those to really be a reflection of that, is we wouldn't say to someone dealing with some form of cancer, well, sorry, you know, you've used up all the visits you've had. Uh, You have to wait till next year when, you know, the new plan kicks in again. We wouldn't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So advocacy is that it this kind of conversation keep bringing it forward is
1: is that what it's going to take advocacy is really important and it's it can be difficult it's important if you can advocate for other people because the hardest thing to do when you're suffering from depression or anxiety is to reach out and fight with your insurance company. So if you have someone else who can do it or someone else who knows the system, a lot of times there are ways to get around it, but if you don't have the energy to even get out of bed, the energy to call your insurance company and fight is, is not easy.
0: So all of these things are, are so critical and just very much a part of our life these days and and affecting one in five people or personally one in four people will be affected it it really strongly says we need to do something about it and that's why this book that you've opened up your heart and your soul to us, Rabbi Sarah, from sorrow to strength, my journey with depression is so critically important. Um, Besides bringing forward what it's like and helping us, I think, to have an understanding and hopefully empathy, I I just love the way that you've actually brought forward the story. It's not just, you know, here's my story, but putting it in the context of first the Jewish calendar and then the Torah tidbits. I I really appreciated that. Uh, it just gave it a, a different dimension. Uh, so thank you for doing it in this format.
1: Thank you. I, when I was wanting to write a book and thinking of the structure, most of the books that I had researched on depression within Judaism was more about how to overcome depression And for me, overcoming depression wasn't always an option. It was more, how do I live with depression? How do I have a fulfilling life despite the fact that I have depression? And so that was my goal. And then doing it through the lens of the Jewish calendar and the Torah just kind of helped me focus a different perspective that hasn't been done before. And the thing is, uh,
0: we may feel, okay, I'm not Jewish, so it's not relevant. No, not so, because certainly uh, looking at the Jewish calendar, I find that the stories you share, any of us can really relate to. We're familiar with so many of those stories. And in the Torah tidbits, I just really appreciated learning something more and having an understanding uh, of, of the culture and the history uh,
1: that exists within
0: Judaism.
1: And the second part, the Torah tidbits, I think for anybody who is familiar with the Bible from whatever perspective, it it can be helpful and an interesting perspective. And then for those, I mean, a lot of Jewish people aren't familiar with the Bible, and non-religious people, like you said, it's just looking at the stories through a different lens.
0: Yes, so in that sense, it, it was uh, just so illuminating. And then... Just really understanding what your journey was, you know, you're being so clear about how this then reflected in your life. Uh, that whole thing, I, I, for me, for sure, it built an empathy and an understanding because within my own family, uh, my steps, stepson, and a, who is an adult, a young adult, uh, deals with this. And I, would, I could have compassion, and then I'd fall out of it. It's like, okay, this has gone on long enough. It helped me to just come back down and, and really see this through that, this different lens.
1: I think even for someone with depression or a family member with depression, until you actually read the words of the journal, it's very difficult to believe. I myself, as I was writing my book, I was actually in a very good place. And I was going through my journals and I thought to myself, was I really this bad? Because when you're in a better place, you forget how bad you've been. So normally, naturally for somebody who's never been there, it would seem like the person's just exaggerating or the person, why don't they just get up and get out of bed? So unless you, that's why I like to put the journal entries in is because it really shows the deepness and how much it encompasses your whole life. And, and yes, that that was so
0: helpful because you had even said, you know, there are these gaps. Those gaps are where you're just in, in such a distant place, it's not even possible to write anything. Wasn't that the case? Yes. Yes. So it is so illuminating, and I feel... That all of us uh, can so benefit from it, not just even benefiting. I think it's important reading for understanding so that we can do the things, one, be that support, be that friend, but also then secondarily be that advocate because we have a greater understanding.
1: Yes, I think... um... I think that the book is really helpful for anybody. I do want to just say I've given it to some of my friends to read who have been in the midst of depression and they couldn't get through it. So I do caution people who themselves are struggling to just read it uh, very, very slowly. And if you need to put it away for a little bit, that's fine, too, because it does explain how depression feels. And if you're feeling that at the time, that can just be a trigger.
0: Oh, that's, again, such useful information. So, you know, if we think, oh, I know someone, I'll get them this book, tell them they should read it. That That's not being uh, very supportive.
1: I mean, it could be. But if you give it to them and say, I know you're going through this Read it. It it could be helpful to say read it when you feel ready or maybe just glance at it. But, yeah, just know that it it can be difficult to read for somebody who's actually in the midst of depression. But as they're feeling better, it's something they can read or really for family members to read so that they can understand it.
0: I I think that that is the thing for family members to read and to then have this understanding and encourage, knowing when this person is in perhaps that stronger state, to read a portion and see how it might relate for them at that point. Uh, but building that stronger relationship by doing that kind of a journey together, reading together. Yes. So th- really, this is... Um, such a, an important book for any time of the year. But in the holiday season, when there's a, an expectation of, you know, this is supposed to be a fun time and festive, it can really be something that could push a person further into depression, could it not?
1: Yes, it can. It can be difficult time. And so to be
0: conscious of that and and learn that empathy is not have an expectation, well, because it says it's this particular day day of the year or this particular week of the year, uh, come on, let's let's just do the celebration. Sadly, that isn't the way our life works.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really difficult and sometimes creating a balance of wanting to be with a family celebration and withdrawing and wanting to be with yourself and sometimes you do have to make that compromise and try to be with the family and try to enjoy as much as you can and then do a compromise and say you know what i need a space but family doesn't always understand if you just say nope i can't do it at all so sometimes just trying taking baby steps and trying to do the best you can by interacting or saying, you know what, this is a special day, let me try to enjoy it, and at least making an effort and then having kind of a plan if it's too difficult for you.
0: And then the next step about saying, actually, you know, this isn't good for me, or did you find for yourself that there was such a thing as like, you know, I just am in such a place that I have no... No way to celebrate, but I need some help. Is it, do you find that a person suffering de- depression is able to then say, I need help?
1: Hopefully. I mean, I was able to say it, and um, my daughter also has struggled and suffered, and she was able to tell me probably because I modeled for her that it's okay to ask for help. So it's difficult because, like I said before, the stigma. So a lot of people don't ask for help. But sometimes it's just reaching out to the right person who then can say, okay, yes, you need help. Let me, uh, let me get you that, those resources that you need. But making that first step can be scary for many people
0: and as you mentioned your daughter what an amazing young woman you include some of her poetry her writing is incredible
1: thank you yes yeah, she's um, she's been using writing and public speaking to help in her own journey
0: and at at a young age so that as you were saying you know you've been such an important role model and doesn't that give us hope that perhaps as as we put forth our own experiences honestly that our children, uh, the younger generation, is, is going to, you know, really grasp that and move forward that much further?
1: That's my hope. That's my goal is that people will realize that it's okay to ask for help. There's nothing to be ashamed of. and. That there are people out there who can help you through this.
0: Such, such an important thing. And I, again, am just so grateful, Rabbi Sarah, that you were so strongly intent on sharing your story. You have a website. Let's direct people to that too for further information.
1: So the website is uh, Rabbi Sarah Berman, there's no H in my name.com.
0: So another source of information. And From Sorrow to Strength, of course, that's uh, what we've been discussing this morning, is a book that is available at any of our favorite bookstores and sources, correct?
1: I don't know if it's available in print in a lot of the in-store bookstores. You can ask for it and they can get it, um, or you can get it online at Barnes & Noble's, Amazon... um, Kobo, any of
0: those places. And having it uh, online, or, you know, as I read it on my Kindle, is certainly a a simple way to do it. I kind of, though, am a little bit inclined toward uh, actually having the physical copy. Sometimes it's, it's great to be able to earmark it and be able to go back to it and either for our own Edification or re- reminders uh, be able to do it. But either way, just having the book and for our own education and sharing it for with other people, even for someone of course, who's not suffering with depression, but others, because we can be that push to inform and educate in that way, it's a great gift.
1: Yes, and it is available in print online, but it's just not necessarily available in bookstores.
0: Okay, so that's the distinction. So, uh, But certainly, you know, we love our independent bookstores, so if it's not there, say, hey, get me this book, and they're very happy to do so, aren't they? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yes. Well, again, I can't say enough how important this work is how grateful I am that you are so honest and you you know took that risk because even though you knew there was uh, definitely a need it still was a risk wasn't it to come forward and write this book
1: it was it was really scary at first but I'm grateful for all the support that I've I've gotten and all the people who have reached out to me
0: that in itself is so great and of course you we'll never know how many people down the line how far that ripple reaches but the fact that we started that's what's critical isn't it
1: yes yeah, thank you and i and i do invite any um listeners if they are struggling themselves and they just want support or want to ask me something just reach out my my emails on the website
0: and that website, again, is Rabbi Sarah's name. So Rabbi Sarah, without the H, com, right? Yeah. Well, again, Rabbi Sarah, I am just so thankful that we've had this time together. I am so grateful that uh, this work is being done, and hopefully those whose hearts and minds need to be touched at this time are going to receive that gift.
1: Thank you so much. And enjoy your holiday season.
0: And you as well. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Rabbi Sarah Berman and Sunday Morning Magazine with Lenny Levin. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of good health, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, your Christmas station.